Hello, I'm Rev. Shannon Moore, and you're listening to the Simple Worship Podcast, recorded each week at University Christian Church in Fort Worth, Texas. Every Sunday at 9.30 a.m., we gather in the Chapel of the Good Shepherd to sing, take communion, and worship. If you'd like to join us, in person or virtually, please visit our website, universitychristian.org, for more details. Well, friends, we have uh, been looking at the Gospel of John during this season of Lent. And if you remember, at the very beginning of John's Gospel, um, we're told that Jesus is with God from the beginning of creation, that Jesus is the Word who is with God and who is God, that Jesus is the light that came into the world and that light would not be overcome. Throughout this gospel, Jesus has given us a series of I am statements. Throughout, he says, I am the light of the world. I am the good shepherd. I am the way, the truth, the life. I am the resurrection and the life. And he also did several miracles, which John calls signs, throughout the first half of the gospel of John. He turned water into wine. There were various healings that he did. He fed 5,000 people. And then he brought his good friend Lazarus back to life after being dead for four days. After that, or just before that actually, Lazarus' sister Martha made her confession of faith to Jesus as the Messiah. She said, I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one coming into the world. John is the only gospel where a woman makes that confession of faith first. Peter does it in all the other gospels, but in the gospel of John, it is Martha, the sister of Lazarus, who makes this confession of faith, believing in Jesus as the Messiah. When Jesus brought Lazarus back to life, that was sort of the last straw for the religious leaders. They were already angry at him and um, mad at him, and he was... He intimidated them because of the power that he had. Um, But when he brought Lazarus back to life, so many people started following Jesus that then they really got scared. It was a threat to their own power. And they were afraid that so many people were going to follow Jesus. It was going to threaten their own community of faith. And so that was when they decided to kill Jesus. So in that last week of Jesus' life, he rode into Jerusalem on a donkey which was a symbol of humility and also kind of poking fun a little bit at the pageantry of the Roman Empire. And then he gathered his disciples later that week for a final meal and he got down on his knees and he washed their feet, another symbol of humility and also um, an example of servant leadership. And then Jesus said this, I give you a new commandment that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also should love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. And so for four chapters, he gives them a crash course. He teaches them, he instructs them, he prays for them, and then he is arrested. He is betrayed by these loved ones. He is denied by these loved ones. He is beaten and then he is crucified. Most of the disciples, the twelve, had run away. There was one that remained faithful, uh, known as the one that Jesus loved. He was there at the cross. Also at the cross when Jesus was crucified was his mother, his aunt, another woman named Mary, and Mary Magdalene. 
This is the first that we've heard of Mary Magdalene in John's Gospel. Now we know from the other Gospels that she was a faithful follower of Jesus. Luke tells us that Jesus had cured her of seven demons and that she and several other women provided financially for Jesus and His disciples. And I also want to say, if you have heard that Mary Magdalene was a prostitute, there is no biblical reference to her being a prostitute. That came from tradition, and we can talk about that another time. But just wipe that out of your mind if that was what you think about Mary Magdalene. She was a faithful follower of Jesus, probably very wealthy, and she um, was there when he died on the cross. So after Jesus was killed on the cross, some of his followers took him down. They anointed his body with spices. They wrapped him in a linen cloth and laid him in a tomb in the garden very near where he had been crucified. This was on Friday. I'm going to read now from John 20. I'm going to read the first 10 verses of John 20. Hear these words. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They've taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know what they have done, where they have laid him. Then Peter and the other disciples set out and went to the tomb. The two were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent down to look in and saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came, following him, and went into the tomb. He saw that the linen wrappings were lying there and that the cloth that had been on Jesus' head was not lying with the linen wrappings, but was rolled up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple, who reached the tomb first, also went in, and he saw and believed, for as yet they did not understand the Scripture that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples returned to their homes. I go home to North Carolina twice a year, pretty much. Usually in June, around my birthday, and right after Christmas. And my mother and I almost always take our cemetery tour when I am home. We go to where my uh, dad's parents are, and that's also where some of my dad's ashes are. They're at his parents' graves. We visit her parents' graves, cousins, aunts, uncles, friends. We tell these stories that we tell every time we're standing by somebody's graveside and we cry and we laugh and we remember. And visiting these graves is a way to help us feel closer to these loved ones even though we are separated from them by death. I wonder if that's what Mary Magdalene was doing on this first Easter morning. She had spent the Sabbath in mourning and in grief. She got up early, it was still dark outside, and she went to visit Jesus' grave. This is the only account where Mary is by herself. In a couple of the other Gospels, other women are coming as well, and they're bringing spices to anoint Jesus' body. But in John's Gospel, Jesus' body has already been anointed and wrapped and laid in the tomb. She gets there. She sees the stone is rolled away. I know if I got to my family graveyard and something like that had happened, I would be freaked out. So, you know, grave robbery was a very common practice at the time. She probably thought that's what had happened. So she ran to tell Peter... And remember, Peter had denied and abandoned Jesus. She ran to tell Peter and this disciple that Jesus loved. And then they have this foot race. 
There's so much attention to this foot race in this scripture. You know, one ran fast, one got there first, but he didn't go in. But then the one who got there second went in first. Um, they see the linen wrappings, they see the head cloth rolled up. <coughs> and then the other disciple who reached the tomb first saw and believed. Saw and believed. And then John says, For as yet they did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. So he saw and believed what? What did he see and believe? Did he think that what Mary thought was true, that somebody had taken Jesus' body and they didn't know where it was? And then they went home. They left Mary there. No acknowledgement, not a word of comfort, not a thank you for telling us, nothing. They returned to their homes. Start at verse 11, but Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. As she wept, she bent over to look in the tomb, and she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had been lying, one at the head and the other at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They've taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. When she said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you looking for? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you've laid him and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned around to him and said, Teacher! Jesus said to her, Do not hold on to me because I have not yet ascended to the Father, but go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, my God and your God. Mary's tears play a big part in this passage, in this second half of the story. Four times it mentions her weeping. And it makes me so mad at Peter and the other disciple, as distraught as she was, for them to just go and leave her there. So deep is her pain that she's not even really phased by the appearance of angels. Usually when angels appear to people in the Bible, they have to tell the people, don't be afraid, fear not. Not Mary. They ask her what she's doing and she just answers their question. The Lord is gone. I don't know where they've laid him. That is why I'm weeping. So deep is her pain that she turns and sees Jesus and she can't even recognize him. There's a theologian named Jennifer Brooks who said the light had arrived, this light that was not to be overcome by darkness, but Mary could not yet see the light that had already come into the world. How common is that for us those of us who are caught in the midst of darkness and pain. Christ comes into our lives offering light where darkness has closed in around us, but we can't see that the light is there. But then Jesus spoke her name, Mary. That made all the difference. And friends, Jesus speaks to us still in ways that are more than just hearing through the ears. Jesus speaks to our hearts. Jesus speaks to us to the depths of our souls. And when our bodies receive this message of Jesus calling our name, sadness and loneliness and fear roll away like that stone. And so often, just like Mary, we want to stay in that moment. We can infer from this text that she was clinging to him. She was holding on to him because she wanted to savor this moment. He's alive. I can't believe it. He's talking to me. I've heard this voice before. I've seen this face before. I want to hold on to this. And Jesus says, you can't hold on to me right now. 
He had a job for her to do. Go tell my followers that I'm ascending to my father and your father, my God and your God. (coughs) Jesus summed everything up in that statement. His life, his teaching, his death, his resurrection, and his soon-to-be ascension is all about God as father, God as head of a family. God is opening, Jesus is opening the way for God to have the same relationship with us that he did. A few days before this, when Jesus had gathered with his disciples at the Last Supper, he said, I'm going to my father's house and I'm going to prepare a place for you so that where I am there you may be also. It is the verse I use at every single funeral that I officiate. It is our hope for life in the presence of the, in the glory of the risen Christ. In verse 18, it says, Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. Y'all, Mary's the first preacher. She is the first preacher of the resurrection. That's why she's sometimes called the apostle of the apostles. I have seen the Lord. I have seen the light, the light that overcomes all sorrow and despair and somehow speaks to us in the very depths of our souls. Friends, that is Easter. There's that old hymn called Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus. And the chorus says, Turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in His wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of His glory and grace. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Simple Worship Podcast. If you have any questions, please do not hesitate to reach out to us at universitychristian.org. If you like this sermon, please share it with others. Thanks again and have a blessed week.